You guys, welcome to episode 130 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives in the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite uh, train wreck Disney stars and um, child stars gone haywire. <laughs> it's me, Troy McEady, and uh, we are continuing our Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez moment today, which I'm super excited about. Um, today's episode has a lot of fun information, but it's a little bit more transitional. Like, it's like a... It's like a stepping stone to when things really, really get completely out of control, in my opinion. Um, But it's necessary. It's mandatory. It signifies a really big change in both Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber's lives. And I think, you know, there's a a lot to cover today, which I'm really excited about. And uh, before we get into it, like I said last week, I'm going to continue the uh, mailbag. I'm just going to keep it open for now. Because you guys have a lot to say about the uh, fake couples that we talked about. So I want you to email me, smushroompod at gmail.com. Like I said, a lot of you guys DM me stuff and I will always ask your consent. Like typically what I do is just screenshot it and say like, hey, do you care if I read this in the mailbag? And typically you don't care. So if you want to DM me, that's fine. But it's just easier for me if you send it to uh, my email account. I don't know if I have anything else to say before we get started. Nah, I want to talk about Justin Bieber hiring prostitutes in Brazil. Let's get let's get into it. Um, so we left off in the last episode talking about the alleged contract between Justin and Selena, or Jelena, as the kids were referring to them in 2011. But we also talked a lot about the piss-poor support system that these two had around them, um, and how, you know, they very quickly kind of got swept up in really the worst kind of just Hollywood bullshit. Justin's parents were contractually obligated to parent their child in the way Scooter Braun and L.A. Reid saw fit, and they're being paid to do so, which, I mean, I I know I keep saying it, but I still can't get over it. I just think it's really fucking insane. But also not insane in the sense that, like, everybody's parents, every child star's parents do this to some extent. Like, if executives see that a parent is like a little bit too involved of course they're going to try and wedge them out or find a way to get them to not be involved or just throw money at the ground and and let them die for it while they're totally corrupting their children you know what I mean it's just kind of weird to see it so blatant I guess would be the thing anyway um then you have Selena Gomez's mom who in my opinion is just such a classic definition of a stage mom just unapologetically you know, didn't make it to the stage herself, didn't have a successful, you know, film career, so she's now just living through the success of her daughter. And where we are in 2010, 2011, um, is like we're noticing this massive influx of these, in quotes, candid photos being taken, um, you know, at the mall and at soccer games and getting ice cream and frolicking on the beach and like romantically slow dancing in box seats at football games, like really, really laying it on thick. And career wise, we also spoke about the fact that Justin didn't have any sort of transition into becoming famous. He literally went from posting videos on YouTube to meeting Usher and LA Reid and Scooter Braun to becoming the most famous person in the entire world in the span of like a few short months. And that all remains true. But I would say Justin's documentary, Never Say Never, 
was the moment his fame reached the point where it wasn't only teenagers, I guess, that were checking for him. Like, adults had, like, a definitive reason to care about him now because it's easier for adults to care about something when it's all compacted into a, a documentary. You know we love a documentary. You know what I mean? You give us a good documentary that will change our minds about somebody, uh, there's nothing more. That is the most adult thing in the entire world. Especially for some little child star fucker that we don't have time for, but you give us a good documentary where we can just consume all the things at once and find out everything about them at one time. Ah! I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. But this movie really does signify him becoming this, like, pop culture phenomenon on a completely different level. Not just, like, some kid that had a couple hit songs or, you know, some, like, young teen boy that your daughter loves but you don't know why. This was, like, the moment. Never Say Never was released on February 11th of 2011 and made $12 million its opening day with an additional $30 million just during its opening weekend. It made $30 million in, like, two days. And it holds the record as the highest-grossing documentary of all time. And of course, you know, it's one of those like fan service documentaries in the sense that it portrays its main character in an extremely biased, specific, very controlled, almost manipulative way. You know, we spoke last week about how important a celebrity's origin story is to their brand and their, you know, and their ability to sell records and sell product or whatever. And documentaries like this are literally only created to nail in those cliched tropes that we talked about. And honestly, I would imagine it just has to be so hard, so difficult to occupy that specific space in pop culture as the current like bubblegum pop puppet phenom that people have this. I mean, it's truly, I would say it's an instinctive like primal need to make fun of them. <laughs> it is literally in our DNA. Like when we see something like a Justin Bieber flipping his hair, you know, 14, 15 years old, we just want to like rag on him because I don't, I don't know why, but it just is what it is. But then on the other hand, people are obsessed with this person in a really, really psychotic way. So you're getting it from both directions. There's no safe space once you reach that level of fame as a pop artist. And it also feels like we immediately stop viewing pop stars as human beings once they cross that line. Like you become this sort of like walking meme, laughing stock to the world joke, never to be taken seriously. And I think that plays a big part in why we enjoy their downfall so much. I've talked about this for years, for years. Actually, I can like literally say that now. It's so weird. But, you know, the public loves finally having a legitimate reason to hate someone. I say it all the time. If there's some fucker that we just know, we just in our hearts know that we don't want to like. For some reason, we can't put our finger on it, but there's something about that little fucker that I just don't like. And then they do something bad and it's, ah, well, I told you, I told you so, bad role model, not a good influence. You know, we get so excited. And at the end of the day, we're the fools. 
You know what I mean? We're the fools. We're the ones that end up looking stupid because, again, at the end of the day, the, it's a fucking teenager. It's a child. It is a kid. Perfect example, actually. His music video for Baby, I read today, became the most watched and also most disliked video in YouTube history at the same time. It broke two records at the same time for literal yin and yang. (laughs) For being the most watched and most disliked video. And it's like, why? Like, do you at 40 years old feel like some kind of badass because you disliked this teen, this 15 year old kid's first music video while he's having a moment? But that's how we are. We're petty. That's just what it is. We are petty, petty twats in this country. Something I also found really interesting and hilarious to kind of tie all this fake PR shit together. So during a radio interview in 2011, Selena confirmed that she was dating Justin for the first time. And up to this point, they had only really done like the baiting stuff that we talked about last week. Like the, well, I'm seeing someone special, (laughs) but I don't want to talk about it. I have to keep some things to myself. I have to keep my private life private, you know, like that bullshit. So the radio interviewer says flat out, like, are you guys a couple? And she responds, uh, I think it's obvious you don't have to ask. And the interview, But she's like being coy and shit. And the interviewer says, so it's obvious that you're dating, but you don't want to talk about it? To which she responds, yes. Which is hilarious given the fact that they were using each other for promo constantly. It's like, girl, do you not want to talk about it? <laughs> because... Us Weekly would disagree. I think they would beg to beg to differ. Uh, I, I mean, Selena definitely more so than Justin because Justin was already at a point where he didn't really need to work hard at like promoting himself. Like Justin Bieber, there was no end. In, Justin Bieber was a train that was had taken off and there was no end in sight. You know what I mean? At this point in Justin Bieber's career, like 2011, He really honestly could have released an album of, like, White Noise, and it would break some fucking Guinness record. That's just where he was at that time. Whereas Selena, on the other hand, like, needed to grind. And what I'm going to mostly focus on on this episode today is the fact that, and this is, like, me as somebody coming at this, I'm 31 years old, I'm coming at this as an outsider, and I learned something. And from what I gather, Justin Bieber's fans really sort of view Selena Gomez as almost like a Justin Timberlake. And I didn't know that. That from the start, she was this like opportunistic, kind of fame-hungry leech who went from, you know, saying that he was like a little dork and that he looked like a little boy and that she could never be attracted to somebody like him because he's so tiny Um, She literally called him Little Dork in an interview to suddenly being madly in love with him. And, you know, I don't know, but it was like all out of convenience because of how much more famous he was than her at the time. Perfect example, actually. After she was told that she was allowed to announce their relationship during that radio interview, obviously some like executive told her to do that, you know, um, she did a meet and greet slash like signing or whatever. And when she came out on stage, she said on the microphone, 
Like, who's ready to see Justin Bieber? And all these girls went berserk. Of course, they all like went fucking crazy. They were screaming. And she goes, oh, well, that's too bad because he's not here. And someone in the crowd while she was doing like um, a Q&A said like, you know, where is Justin? Like, we want to see him. And she said, like, you know, very uh, sincerely, oh, Justin's in the car waiting for me right now. He's out in the car and I love him so much. My boyfriend, he's waiting for me out in the car. Which is hilarious to think, like, she's doing this, like, several hour long, like, meet and greet, like, signing, whatever, and Justin's, like, in the minivan in the car, like, in the plaza, you know what I mean? Like, okay. But it turns out he was in another state because people were tweeting about how excited they were that they had just met him. Like, some girl said, like, oh my god, like, I work at this ice cream place and I just served Justin Bieber. It was in Atlanta, and I want to say that Selena was in LA. And then somebody else tweeted, some other kid, like, that they weren't connected at all said like, Oh my God, Justin Bieber just came into my store and he's shopping. Like, this is crazy. So it was like confirmed that he wasn't even in the same state as her. And she wasn't like joking. Like she literally was trying to convince these kids. Like, like my man's out in the car. He's my man. He's my man. And they were like, Oh my God. Like they're so in love. And he wasn't even in the same state. And there was another time that she actually, I want to say it was like the same month, maybe that she told a crowd at one of her shows that he was performing with her. Or no, she told a crowd before that. I want to say it was like during a meet and greet or something like this, similar to um, this like signing or whatever. She told like, essentially she told her fans, I'm performing with Justin. Like he's going to be coming out on stage with me and we're going to perform some of his hits and my hits together. So all these teenagers freak out and like buy tickets to whatever shit she's selling and turns out she was lying and that he wasn't coming on stage with her and she got booed like when she came out to perform and they realized that he wasn't coming she got booed and like had to exit the stage because she had created like a little mob of angry hormonal teenage girls and this is all happening by the way at the same time that wizards wizards it <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place is ending. What a horrific name for a show, by the way. I don't, are you kidding me? Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, it it evokes whimsy, but my God, it doesn't roll off the tongue. At the same time, her Disney show was ending. So things like this happening literally all the time for years make, yeah, I can understand why people would think like, That maybe she was a little opportunistic, especially considering their relationship wasn't genuine in the first place. I believe Scooter and Mandy, Selena's mom, were working as like pseudo partners during this time. Like releasing stories to the press and, you know, court like coordinating stuff together. Like I believe that Scooter and and, um, and, and Mandy were like best gal pals at this time. They had to have been. Because they were working in tandem at, like, all of this just bullshit press stuff constantly. And they very quickly went from, you know, kissing each other at, you know, coffee shops and at the mall or whatever. And just having little PDA moments at, like, IHOP. Which is, like, I don't know why it makes me laugh that their relationship was basically announced at an IHOP. Like, they were, like, having an unlimited stack of of, uh, hotcakes. And that's how they chose to leak this to the press they sat at the in the same side of the booth at ihop 
while some like midwestern mom like you know took a photo of them with her old cell phone like i just like love that image um but they had gone from having these like sort of innocent like we're pretending to share a malt at the fucking malt shop or whatever moments to then kissing each other's cheeks at the billboard music awards and sitting in those seats that people always sit at when they're celebrities that get free tickets to ba- to uh, basketball games you know they're like sitting there kissing and like kissing on the kiss cam or whatever like really amping it up um speaking of lakers games actually he allegedly rented out the staples center for a date night where he had ugh, this ages me a candlelit dinner candlelight candlelit candlelight dinner followed by a private screening of titanic for her which i don't even have the words to describe how much i hate the thought of a teenage justin bieber in 2013 with his like sagging drop crotch pants like snuggling up to his old lady in front of a mega screen of titanic and i just can't to which he tweeted, romance isn't dead. Treat your lady right, fellas. Hashtag real. Like, I'm sorry, actually, could you grab me a rusted butter knife so I can dig it under my nail beds and like stab it into my skin? Like a, a private screening of Titanic uh, surrounded by candles. I will and cannot. Scooter, you are laying it on thick, bruh. It's a lot. Like, that's really laying it on thick. So, it was reported in November of 2011 that before he started dating Selena, a female fan took Justin's virginity backstage. You already know where this is going, by the way. Backstage at one of his shows and that he got her pregnant. And this girl was claiming that Justin is the father of her three-month-old child. So he responds via Twitter and says, I'm going to focus on the positives, the music. And he, of course, that same month had a Christmas album coming out. You know, we couldn't derail that. Um, But according to this girl, you know, she was whisked away by security guards and told that she had been chosen to come meet Justin. Now, that part of it, believable, because that's a very common thing that happens at these shows especially for people like Justin Bieber. I know Chris Brown is infamous for that. Drake does this all the time where the security guards go out into the audience and they kind of scope around. R. Kelly used to do this for underage girls. They talked about it on the um, Surviving R. Kelly documentary. They kind of like scope around for girls and they, you know, snap at a couple girls and say, come this way. And they basically set up like a pseudo brothel for the talent where they walk the girls backstage and they like line them up and then they let the artist choose the ones they want or whatever. And then the artist fucks them. And then they leave. And in some cases, they get pregnant. <laughs> um, so when they met, uh, it, it was obvious, that, according to her, that they had this attraction to one another. Um, they were making out. and He was, like, feeling all over her body. And he, you know, whispered in her ear that he wanted to pull her into a private room And he, you know, she was the one. She was the one that he had chosen that night to have sex with. She also claimed that he didn't want to use protection because it was his first time and he wanted to feel it. I I can't, I'm, the hairs on my arms are all wilting 
I can't, but he chose not to wear a condom because he wanted to like, oh, whatever, you get it, you get it. Justin's rep said, it's sad that someone would fabricate malicious, defamatory, and demonstrably false claims. We will vigorously pursue all available legal remedies to defend and protect Justin against these allegations. And Justin said, I know that I'm going to be a target, Bieber, Bieber said two days after the suit was filed, but I'm never going to be the victim. You know that, like, one of the things that pops into my mind when I hear a celebrity's, like, statement is, like, obviously, like, a big group of people sat around, like, writing it together, you know? And whenever I hear ones like that, I always think, like, I, I just picture them all, like, high-fiving each other and being like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Like, stand your ground, brother. You know what I mean? Like, they probably were so, he, Justin was so proud of himself for releasing that. I'm a target, but I won't be a victim. Um, so TMZ reported that Justin had taken a DNA test on November 21st in New Jersey under an extremely controlled circumstance and that they were waiting for her to do the same. But under no circumstance would they settle or even discuss payment with her because they knew that this girl was like trying it. You know what I mean? Like they knew like this was like one case where they were like, no, nah, bitch. No, no. Like we're going to publicly drag you and we're not even going to entertain the idea of giving you money, mama. No, no, it's not going to work. They also said publicly uh, that they would be suing her once it was determined that he wasn't the father. So once the tests were completed, it was, of course, proven to be false. Um, I, and, like, why does it feel like this happened, like, a year ago? Like, do you guys, first of all, do you remember when Justin Bieber got a, almost got this girl pregnant? And that was, like, the big thing, like... Oh my God, like Justin Bieber is going to derail his career with this baby by this like teenage fan. It was 10 years ago. How crazy is that? That was 10 years ago. That's the thing that I guess makes me feel so old is like pop stars that feel young to me now have been famous for 10 years. Like Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato and Miley, like they've all been famous now for like 15 years in some cases like 20 because they've been working since they were in the womb so it's just like really weird and gross in october of 2012 justin did an interview with oprah where they sat in ralph lauren and they ate dinner in chicago and talked about his life and his career and uh it was said that it was this was the biggest interview that oprah had ever done actually no it was the biggest interview oprah had done since her 1983 interview with michael jackson because in 1983, Oprah was, like, one of the first people really to, like, in-depthly interview Michael Jackson at Neverland. The entire world watched. And I think that that's just, like, a really, you know, that's a testament to how famous Justin Bieber was in 2013. That Oprah Winfrey is saying, confirming, this is the second biggest interview I've ever done in my career as Oprah Winfrey. Justin Bieber. It was so big that she ended up live streaming it around the globe and this is the first time she'd ever done anything like that so she sat with this little fucker at Ralph Lauren they ate dinner and the interview was streamed live around the globe at the same time so every country was watching it at once and he told Oprah I never make her separate from me because I don't ever want her to feel like I'm ashamed of her I feel like a lot of guys do that, especially in this business. They don't want to be seen with their girlfriends, so they'll make them ride in separate cars and do all that getaway stuff. This is the best part. But if we get away, 
we're getting away together. It's like, gross. Ugh. 2013 Justin is the worst. I forgot how fucking annoying Justin Bieber was in 2013. Watching these interviews. Ugh. Well, this was 2012, but the worst is yet to come. And around the same time, it was being reported that there was, in quotes, trouble in paradise and that they were no longer, uh, they were either no longer together or they were on the verge of breaking up. Then it became official on November 10th of 2012. People Magazine reported that Justin and Selena had officially broken up. And according to their publicist, the story that they were, you know, kind of sending out via mainstream publications like Us Weekly was that Selena broke up with him because of their crazy schedules and because of trust issues, because Selena has to deal with fans throwing themselves at him all the time, and it's just so hard for her. Now, that's hilarious when you, first of all, this is something that we've talked about, we talked about a lot, and it has to constantly be playing in your mind that in these fake PR relationships, the people involved are always hooking up with other people. They're always having sex with other people or secretly dating other people or having affairs with other people. In Kristen Stewart's case, they are always hooking up with other people. Selena Gomez is no exception. Like, it's almost confirmed that Selena Gomez was definitely dating other people during this time. You know, being seen with other people, other industry guys. She was like, secretly trying to kind of like do this behind the backs of the public like adding guys on instagram and then of course these psychotic fans would know they would know immediately when selena gomez added some new like guy from you know five seconds of summer or whatever on instagram and then you know suddenly you would see them like hanging out or tweeting each other and it was like you know she, she was like doing her thing like she was in a pr relationship trying to become more and more famous piggybacking off of this outrageously famous guy that she you know a couple years ago said was a little dork and that he looked like a little boy and that she would never be attracted to him she's doing what she has to do the girl is trying to secure her bag you know what i mean now at the same time you had websites like oh no they didn't and crazy days and nights basically confirming that the relationship had started off as a pr thing but that, now this is interesting, but that Justin genuinely had feelings for her that weren't being reciprocated because Selena was like, like I said, was there for the press. So over time, Justin had genuinely, and this is the thing that I actually think I forgot to mention last week. When they were really, really young, when they were like, when Justin was like, you know, a few months into being famous and same thing with Selena, they were asked about each other a lot. And I did mention that, that they had been asked about each other in interviews. And that's where the idea kind of sparked for them to fake date. But Justin was always so like, he would always say like, yeah, she's cute. Like, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not dating her, but she's cute. Like he was pretty honest and genuine about it. And he would be like, yeah, like I like her. She's cute. I would totally date her. We're not, but uh, she's hot. You know what I mean? Like you could tell that he had a genuine at least like a sexual attraction to her and gross. Um, and Selena was always adamant that like, fuck no, like I would never date somebody like him. He's too small. He's too tiny. He's too puny. Like he, he's a little boy, you know, he would, he, I think she's like said several times at that time that like he would, somebody that she'd be friends with like a little brother type. 
basically saying like I, I look at him as like a little boy I would never ever date him and she's also older than him by the way like she was 18 when he wasn't yet so you know she was like no fuck that I'm, I would never date him until she was told like oh well, it'll it'll bring you all the riches in the world if you do so this checks out for me that you know over time especially with them spending so much time together that this little this kid Justin Bieber would eventually kind of like obtain some feelings for the gal or whatever you know and the whole time she's probably dreading it being like ugh, god damn it like how long do i have to date this little boy until he wasn't a little boy anymore do you know what i'm saying um but here's the other really interesting thing it was also being reported by a lot and oh, this is so fucking fascinating to me oh my god lean in lean in come close it was being reported by a lot of the blind item sites that Justin had proposed. And I was fascinated by this because it's usually the other way around. It's usually magazines like, you know, People and Us that report shit like that. Articles about how, you know, so-and-so shut down Tiffany's to pick out blah blah's, you know, 19 carat canary gold pink diamond and it was a fairy tale and blah 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 the couple got engaged on the beach blah 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 blah. you know what i mean and this the the cast of blah 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 was there to view it like all that that just pr shit um but i was fascinated by the idea that this was like backwards and like the blind item sites were reporting that they were engaged and that you know people magazine and all those those companies that usually do weren't at all and that's their bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like, if People Magazine can smell an engagement from any celebrity, they will report on it. Anybody. Fucking Tracy Bingham could walk outside wearing a diamond ring and People Magazine would put her on the front cover if they thought she was engaged. Because it's a story that, like, inevitably sells, you know? People love engagement stories. And people love, like, ma- these magazine publications love being the first the first source to uh to announce a an engagement because then that means that they have some kind of claim on this relationship right like as people magazine first reported you know they love to say that too people magazine was the first to report that so-and-so was engaged um but oh no they didn't posted an article about this in 2013 where they said it started out as a PR arrangement, which is fine, except for the fact that Justin wanted to make it permanent. Selena, on the other hand, is a little older and wiser. She saw the relationship as a job from the beginning. Justin asked Selena to marry him a few months ago. She said no. We knew that he would ask her again, and in fact, he did ask her again very recently, and she said no again. So according to them... With Justin being the bigger star of the two, it was embarrassing for him that he got turned down. So they tried to like cover this up to the best of their ability to have it not become this, this stain on his public image, which honestly makes sense if you think about it. Because 99% of his fan appeal, especially at this point, is that every girl wants to date Justin Bieber. So how would it look if Selena Gomez of, of Wizards of Waverly Place turned him down, not once, but twice. It's not good. It's not good. That's, a, that's not a good look. Um, oh, no, they didn't also said the PR teams agreed on a cause 
and agreed to release the announcement on a Friday afternoon when it would be or when it would garner the least amount of attention. By the way, they have agreed to never, 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 ever talk about this proposal. It would be far too damaging to his reputation. They officially cited scheduling difficulties as the reason for their breakup, but Justin has not been a very convincing actor in making that explanation stick and has been very awkwardly stumbling around in interviews. There have been various leaked reports that someone was cheating, someone was jealous, etc. These rumors are all just attempts to deflect attention from the fact that Selena rejected Justin. The simple truth is that they are both way too young to get married and that it was just a business arrangement. And like, okay, let's just like take a moment here. Let's take a breather to assess how damaging this is to this kid's psyche. Like, this is crazy to me. First of all, he's a teenager who has just been thrusted into world-dominating fame. Let's like really take a moment here. Like, we talk a lot about pop stars and people and whatever. Justin Bieber's fame is not like really anybody's fame that I've ever really spoken about. I could probably count a handful of like maybe four or five people that have ever that I've talked about on the podcast who have ever come close to this kind of fame this like you remember where you were the moment you heard the song kind of fame you know and his first relationship as a celebrity is contractual and negotiated over his head by adults which already is just like so damaging and weird and I mean, to be an adult in a situation like that, to be John Travolta, allegedly, in a situation like that is one thing because you're a 50 fucking year old man. But to be, you know, 14 years old, about to turn 15, maybe never having had like a real relationship. I know he had dated that one girl, but who's to say that that was something, you know, they were 14 years old. Like, what did it mean? To have like one of your first really big relationships be negotiated above your head by adults, it's just crazy to me and on top of it the adults doing the negotiating are the people closest to him who are supposed to be like looking out for him and making sure that he's okay and protecting him these people also just so happen to be making buckets and buckets of money off of this whole thing as well so it's like of course they're probably pushing him to you know propose and things like that I I bet his dad probably went and fucking picked out a ring with him you know what I mean like it's just crazy it's really crazy to me and his parents the people that you would typically turn to in this situation they're contractually obligated to again to convince him to do what his manager wants him to do so even if his mom does think that this is a bad idea his evangelical fucking batshit crazy mom even if she does think that this is a bad idea even if his dad who walked out on him and then came back into his life you know when he had money even if they do think that this is a bad idea if they do have some stroke of wanting to protect their kid they can't because contractually they're bound from parenting their fucking child it's just craziness to me um also by the way he's been rejected by his PR girlfriend. So the girl that he was contractually obligated to date, he acquired some feelings for. He was like, you know, I actually kind of like this girl. Like, she's actually really cool. I, I want to be with her forever. She turned him down twice. 
and this is where Selena being the Justin Timberlake of this relationship really starts to like show itself for me. You know what I mean? It's like, of course, Justin and Selena have both profited from this relationship a great deal. Obviously, that goes without saying. They've both spent many, many years, you know, talking about each other in the press and gaining attention and notoriety and fame and money from associating with each other, right? But Selena does it, and this is just from me reading about reading about this and also like going back and rewatching it myself. Selena talks about Justin in the press during this time in this like trolling way that feels really calculated. Almost like it was either her or her mom being like, we need to keep a one up on this in case the floor falls from under this on from under us because he's going to be fine. At the end of the day, Justin Bieber will be fine no matter what. We need to make sure that we keep our wits about us and make sure that we're always ahead of this and in front of it and we never let it like I feel like there was something going on behind the scenes even more so like this is like a double calculated relationship because Selena was always one step ahead when it came to how she was talking about this to the media perfect example right after their breakup she made an appearance on Letterman where she said or no where Dave said to her you know the last time you were here you were dating Justin Bieber and I think the last time Justin was on my show I think I made him cry to which she responded, well, Dave, that makes two of us. You know, the audience like was like going crazy and clapping and applauding her. And she's giving like her coy fucking smile. And you have to remember, like we're approaching the era of Justin's career where he's now cut his hair and he's starting to get tattoos and he's got the fucking believe tattoo on his arm. This is young, bratty, punk Justin. And if you think about it, he also had a very like child parent relationship with the public. You know what I mean? In the way that I always say Britney did. But, well, we raise our boys different than we raise our girls. <laughs> our girls, as Leah Messer would say. Instead of telling him to like, you know, not go out in that shirt and we don't like that boy that you're dating... It's, you know, pull up your pants and no more tattoos and spit that gum out and you better not be smoking and uh, don't be such an asshole, you know, be more respectful. I didn't raise you that way. Like giving him like a slap on the butt, you know what I mean? And I think Selena Gomez took full advantage of how much of a punching bag he had become in the press because all it would do is, is benefit her. I mean, what does she have to lose? I also think it's important to mention that Selena has a lot more to gain from going out and doing interviews about him during this specific time. For one thing, her entire career has basically relied on this relationship. His hasn't. And that's the difference. Justin Bieber would have been fine without Selena Gomez and he would have been just as famous without dating her. And when he broke, he didn't break because he was in some relationship. He broke because of just the fandom that surrounded him. It didn't have anything to do with him being in a relationship, but this helped where Selena Gomez became more famous because of this relationship. So she had everything to gain. And also, let's be real. It's not like she was out here killing it like her fellow pop starlets were. 
And this is something that I've always found so confusing about Selena's career. Um, when Russ Martin and I recorded that Pop Stars episode together, I literally told him, I've never known where to place Selena Gomez in my life. I literally, I don't, it's like, am I supposed to go back and listen to her music, the Selena Gomez and the scene, her like little band? I'm not. Where do I place Selena Gomez in my life musically as a, as a pop artist? Aside from like, you know, occasionally, yeah, I, I enjoy every once in a while hearing one of her songs while I'm like grocery shopping or whatever. Um, but what, what else is there for me as a 31 year old man? I don't, I don't know. I, I, do you know what I mean? And 2013 is such a good example of that to me, because if you look back, it's like you had Miley who was basically, and I mean, in 2013, we were living in Miley Cyrus's world. Bangers era Miley, like, she was one of the most famous people in the entire country. Taylor had just released Shake It Off and was about to enter what would be considered, like, her golden era. Demi was on an extremely successful, like, world tour. Ariana Grande was becoming massively important as a pop figure and selena had just released stars dance that album which did have some successful singles i mean it had come and get it i think she released two songs from it and come and get it obviously being the most successful of the two and it had some pretty decent album sales it was number one for a little while um but it, she was also criticized for not having a musical identity when I went back and read the reviews of the album, it was everybody saying, like, who is this girl? Like, what does she sing? What does she not sing? Like, does she dance? Does she not dance? What does she stand for? Who is she? Like, who is Selena Gomez when it comes to her career post-Disney? Now, speaking of 2013, I would say that 2013 was the year that all hell broke loose for both of these kids. I think 2014 was, like, where the dam had broken and, and there was no turning back, really. But 2013 was, as I always say, like the first push of the domino, if that makes sense. For a long line of like public scandals and rehab stints and canceled tours and, you know, public apologies and fans turning on them and having to issue statements for poor behavior. Um, You know, most people consider 2013 to be the year Justin's relationship with the public changed majorly. And we are going to touch on all of it. Um, And hopefully I'm going to make sense of this. I'm just going to kind of go down a list of headlines that I wrote down from Justin Bieber's scandals in 2013 and then Selena as well. But I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk. You'll you'll get it. Um, Also, by the way, side note, they aren't together this year. They broke up. They weren't together for the entire year. And Justin is continuously posting photos of them on his Instagram and tweeting lyrics and things. You know, obviously he wants people to speculate and he's trying to like get attention. So in January of 2013, a photographer was killed while taking a picture of Justin's $200,000 Ferrari. Apparently he was following Justin's car while Justin was being pulled over by the California Highway, uh, Highway Patrol And he got out of the car to take a picture. And when he went back to his car, he got hit and was killed by a vehicle. And obviously it's like that had nothing to do with Justin per se as like a person. 
but it's like not a good look you know like it's not like the best look to be associated at the very beginning of the year with somebody's death like it's just not like a great headline to have your name attached to at the end of january a photo of justin touching a female fan's breast during a meet and greet went viral and in the photo you can see him uh kissing her cheek and she's like smiling but he's like cupping her left tit um his spokesperson released a statement saying that he was merely moving his hand away from uh her arm and it brushed past her breast and uh his fans went absolutely fucking ape shit defending him saying that he would never do something like that he respects women too much he was raised by a single mom you know the believers don't fuck around i'm actually expecting them to come for me I'm actually more afraid of the believers than I am the the Bayhive, to be honest with you, because I feel like the believers lurk. They're not as bold and outright as Beyonce's fans. Like, you, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm I'm very nervous about that. But uh, they came for everybody who was who had the nerve to even insinuate that Justin would do such a thing to a woman, as if he is grabbing her tit. Though I mean, it, it, it doesn't look like he's brushing past her boob like he's like holding her boob but she's smiling i don't know i i don't know um in the same month he was snubbed at the grammys he fainted backstage at a concert and posted a viral selfie from a hospital bed and got into a now infamous fight with a photographer outside the hospital where he told him i'll fuck you up and again, it's like things like that really trigger me because it's like how, you know, looking back, like I was reading all of the headlines about that, that, you know, little scuffle that he had with the photographer. And it's crazy to me that people would have the nerve to to empathize. It's so weird to me when people empathize with paparazzi. I find it so appalling. That you would empathize with a person who is stalking somebody. Who's like climbing trees to take pictures inside somebody's home and trying to run them off the road and going to their kids schools and taking pictures behind, you know, above gates. And I mean, doing things to like incite fights with these people, like bringing up horrific things about like dead relatives and just shit that they know will trigger them enough that they they will like try and fight them and it'll turn into a headline to side with the paparazzi the paparazzi who were camped outside the hospital they because they, they knew he was there obviously and he couldn't leave and then as soon as he leave they start trying to like say shit to like you know get him angry it's just it's crazy it's crazy to me so, but people were pissed off that he had the nerve to, you know, scream at this paparazzi. And of course he looked like a little fucker, of course. You know, he's like, this is 2013 Justin, so he's a string bean. He weighs nothing more than 80 pounds. And he's like, I'll fuck you up. I'll, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you. And they like throw him in the car. And it's just like, ugh, it's uncomfortable to watch. Um, In April, he visited the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam and posted on his Facebook page, truly inspired, no wait, truly inspiring to be able to come here. Anne was a great girl. Hopefully she would have been a believer. 
And I have to be honest with you, I'm more offended by Anne was a great girl. It's like, huh? <laughs> like, these are the things that make you look back and want to tell a pants-sagging, skinny little fuckhead Justin Bieber to sit his little ass down somewhere, shut the fuck up, and get out of grown folks' conversation? She seems like a cool girl. What are you talking about? Um, when he accepted his milestone award at the Billboard Music Awards, the audience booed him. And, you know, it's like, I have to be honest. I really, a lot of the stuff I had completely forgotten about, especially like these little things that were like moments, but like didn't last longer than a few weeks. And it's like, God, I forgot that he was running around and just being such a little piece of shit. But also at the same time, I'm just like, what do you expect from a teenage boy who has an unlimited amount of money, no support system, like nobody to tell him no? You know, when he, do you remember when he posted that thing on his Instagram, like a few months ago where he talked about how difficult his childhood was and how hard it is for a child star because they don't develop properly. And he had said that he had like woken up one day and realized that he had no real like substantial life skills. Like he couldn't really do anything really except for sing and dance because he's never been like he dropped out of school in seventh grade or like eighth grade. He said on Letterman that he was about to go into his eighth grade year when or his ninth grade year when he uh, when he left school, he was halfway finished with eighth grade. And of course, they like sent him his shit or whatever. And he like graduated from his high school. But like, it's not the same. Like this kid left left school and when he was 13 years old. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so, ugh, it's, it's a tale as old as time. And I just get so sick of like beating a dead horse. But it's like, and I'm also, by the way, not trying to make excuses for his behavior. But it's just like the natural next step in his life after the way he became famous would, yeah, it would be to become an entitled piece of shit. Like, yeah. And people are always so shocked by it. In July, a video surfaced of him peeing in a janitor's mop bucket and spraying a photo of Bill Clinton's face with cleaning fluid saying, fuck you, Bill Clinton. And apparently he had to personally call Bill himself to apologize. He told Bill that he did it because he was young and young people make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. And I have to be honest, even like, so when I was like listening, because I, of course, watched the TMZ video of him peeing in the bucket and him and his, him and his friends like hyping each other up and his friend being like, bro, you always gonna remember the time that you peed in the bucket. You always gonna remember the time that you peed in the bucket. Nobody remembers the time that they peed in the bathroom, but you always gonna remember the time that you peed in the bucket, bro. For real. For real. That's real talk. Gang, gang. Just saying dumb, dumb fucking bullshit. I was triggered. The hairs on my arms all stood up so sharp. I was like, ugh, I forgot that that's even what Justin's voice used to sound like. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I associate his like post-puberty voice with him being a dick. You know what I mean? Um, and the kicker, by the way, was in November of 2013 when he was caught in Brazil trying to sneak out a uh, of a brothel covered in a bedsheet. And two girls were shown being taken back to his hotel in a separate car and uh during the same trip he got in trouble for kicking the brazilian flag off the stage 
after some someone had like thrown the flag up to him like you know most celebrities would take it and like drape their body in it or whatever he kicked it off the stage and then he ended up some guy like threw a water bottle at him and it hit him in his microphone it was an empty water bottle and instead of just like you know chalking it up to you know some person being an asshole or whatever he walked off the stage and left he just left the venue and his fans like sat there for like an hour waiting for him to come back and they were chanting and screaming and cheering and they were like collectively singing his music to try and get him out there again and he was like already gone um he also three he was three hours late to a meet and greet that fans paid a thousand dollars for just like not a not you know not a good year for him and mind you this all took place in the matter of like a few months like really really not good clearly this kid is spiraling i mean this would have been the exact time that you would step in and say okay you obviously this is getting out of control it's getting out of hand you need some sort of guidance you're gonna appreciate this when you're older i promise like somebody needed to step in and say i'm gonna help you you know what i mean and um now would be a good time since we are officially doing the Justin Bieber episode. And I know that I've said this to you before, but I actually am able to like get into it now. I seriously believe that 2013 era Justin Bieber and Corey Haim are the same exact person. Like I have this like this conspiracy theory that uh, Justin was just cloned because it's fucking weird. Aside from the fact that they look exactly alike and act identical they both were going through the same sort of highs and lows career-wise during this time period. And obviously, Corey is just, like, spiraled out of control. And, I mean, his career was obviously never anything close to Justin's. But during this specific time, um, it's it's really odd. And there's a documentary that I, I want to say um, Corey Haim, like, put together himself. Like, I feel like this was, like, a self-produced documentary or something. But it's on YouTube, and it's called Me, Myself, and I. And it's a documentary that uh, it's supposed to, like, document, like, a day in the life of Corey after he's, like, gone gone to rehab and, like, gotten sober and he's returning to acting. And, of course, he wasn't sober and he, and he wasn't, you know, his rehab stint was bullshit. And I gotta do a Corey Haim episode, but... You know, he wasn't really sober, but he was trying to, like, reintroduce, reintroduce him, yay, blah, 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 reintroduce, clearly too excited, and I want to talk about Corey Hames, so like, yes, we have to do that. He was trying to reintroduce himself to the public and, you know, get his career back on track. And uh, he's, like, sort of exactly where Justin was in, like, late 2014 after he had become this, like, bad boy, you know? And it's full of all these, like, really cringy moments. It's, like, peak terrible 80s editing and it's really cheesy but it's 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 also like riveting in this weird way um but they just remind me so much of each other it's it's really really weird now for selena 2013 was the year her very private issues with addiction started to snowball and become out of control we found out in like late 2013 that she had canceled a bunch of dates for her tour. Um, I think it was like Australia and Asia that she had canceled. Um, and she did it. She basically released a statement saying that she had done it to, in quotes, focus on her mental health and take some personal time. 
She said, my fans are so important to me that I would never want to disappoint them. But it has become clear to me that um, to, to me and to those close to me that after many years of putting my work first, I need to spend some time on myself in order to be the best person I can be. To my fans, I sincerely apologize and I hope you guys know how much every one of you means to me. So then we learn that at the beginning of 2014, she secretly checked herself into an Arizona rehab center for two weeks. And when word got out that she was in rehab, her rep said that she was there um, not for substances, but that she was feeling better than ever. And that was it. It was like, okay. And this is the shit that I do not understand. Like I said earlier, way earlier about Selena. I don't get it. How do you go to rehab for two weeks you barely get asked about it. And then when it leaks that you were in rehab because you have a drinking problem, everybody's just like, uh, okay, she was there just to feel better. Okay, sounds good. Hope she's feeling better. <laughs> she wasn't there for substances. Okay, what was she there for? To feel better. Okay, what does that mean? Um, I think I'm going to cut it off here. We're at an hour, and 2014 is, uh, oh, it's a doozy of a year for Justin and Selena. Jelena fans or whatever really have a hard time with 2014. It's it's not uh, not good for their relationship. And I'm going to save it for next week. Um, I love you guys, and again, like I said earlier, I am extending the mailbag episode because of the... Uh, fake relationships, whatever. So email me at smushroompod at gmail.com or just DM me and I will ask you if I'm allowed to use your DM and read it and hopefully you'll say yes. And I love you and that's all I have to say and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Smushroom, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Also, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos for more information on this show and other Patreon-exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McEady. That's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.